Okay, the school administrator in Texas who actually told teachers, you may have heard about this, she told teachers that if they teach about the Holocaust, then they need to teach the opposing viewpoint as well. If they teach about the Holocaust, then they also need to teach the opposing view. I mean, it's just insanity. Well, as of now, that school official has not been reprimanded in any way. She has not faced any consequences for her disgraceful behavior. We will tell you all the details coming up. Iran is now closer to a nuclear weapon than ever before, according to a U.S. assessment. Uh, Iran is closer than ever before to a nuclear weapon. Very, And meanwhile, Joe Biden is doing nothing to stop them and everything pretty much to condone and encourage them. That's all coming up. Katie Couric. The interviewer, Katie Couric, admits that she edited an interview with Ruth Bader Ginsburg to cover up the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg opposed taking a knee, opposed kneeling during the national anthem. Outrageous. That's all coming up. Do you know that right now, liberal cities around the country, do you know that there's a shoplifting crisis? A shoplifting crisis. And what I mean is shelves are empty. There are shelves across drug stores and uh, other stores, retail stores in cities like New York and San Francisco where shoplifting has become rampant and they're just getting away with it and nobody's doing a thing to stop them, especially not the police and not the the, the, the prosecutors and the, the police. I don't blame the police because what happens is if you just keep arresting people and they just keep getting released without, without bail and without any kind of trial uh, or indictment, then of course the police are going to just stop arresting. So it all comes down to the DA. But literally people grabbing products off the shelves, not paying for them because these people are not being prosecuted. It's it's like one – it's a party. It's a big party. In New York and San Francisco, it's like a giant shopping spree. Hey, everybody, free stuff. The Democrats are giving away products that belong to Rite Aid and Walgreens. Let's go enjoy the shopping spree. And uh, here's what's happening. They're letting criminals – this is like the nonviolent crime. By the way, there are plenty of violent crimes that they don't prosecute as well, and they let people out without bail. Bail reform, they call it. But uh, they are literally letting criminals walk around unpunished. I mean, this society in, in, in these cities has just become so twisted, so immoral. To me, this is socialism at the local level because you have these DAs, district attorneys that have been placed in power, many by George Soros, and they literally refuse to prosecute what they consider nonviolent, nonviolent crime. Well, guess who's getting hurt by this? The, the 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 minorities who live in these urban cities, they're the ones who are getting hurt the most because you have these stores that are now announcing they're closing down because they can't afford to remain. You see, these stores need profits to, 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 to survive and to stay in business. That The way these stores run, the Democrats might want to believe, hey, you know what? We're just going to redistribute wealth because we're just going to let people go around and steal things from these stores and, and not pay for them. This is great. Walgreens can afford it. Rite Aid can afford it. Well, actually, no, Walgreens and Rite Aid – they are businesses. They they operate on a budget. They operate based on profit. That's how business works. The Democrats might not be familiar with this concept. So they've announced they're closing down in a lot of these cities. And um, that's what happens. You know, in these cities, who always gets punished? These liberal policies, right? Who are the ones who get punished in Chicago, right? All these shootings, the the, the, the crime surge and the gun surge in Chicago. Who get, gets, gets hurt more than anybody else? The black people, black children, black teenagers, they're the ones who end up getting shot. I mean, that's the dirty secret that the media never never tells you is that 
the biggest victim of the radical left are the blacks and the Hispanics. Here are the details on the shoplifting surge in New York City. Shelves at drugstores and other establishments are completely empty in some cases. There are toilet paper shelves that are completely empty, vitamin shelves, other basic staples. And store employees say people come in, grab these items, and they just run out of the store, and they know that they will never be prosecuted. So here are the numbers. Through September in New York City... The surge is out of control. There is a surge by about 6,000 additional cases compared to all of last year, and that number is rising. So again, right now, as of September, as of the end of September, through the end of September in New York City, there were 6,000 more cases of shoplifting than there were the entire last year in New York City. Meanwhile, Walgreens has announced that in San Francisco, they are closing five of their stores. That's Walgreens. Due to shoplifting. See, that, that, that's the amazing thing about socialism is like it sounds great. It's like these poor people, hey, just go into the store, take the thing for free. The problem is somebody's going to end up paying for it. The business, the, the, the business model only works if people actually pay for the products and not if they steal the products. All right. Meanwhile, in New York State, Governor Hochul has signed a law that makes it illegal to th- – get this. It is illegal in New York State to threaten – to report illegals, illegal immigrants to the government. Forget reporting them to the government, which, by the way, is your constitutional duty. If you if you know for a fact there are illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, uh, and you know who they are, then you've got to report them because they need to be rounded up. They need to be apprehended. I mean, they're committing a crime just by being in the United States. But forget not reporting them. The New York State doesn't even let you threaten to report them. So you're actually committing a crime. This, I didn't check the details. Maybe punishable by jail time or a summons or a fine. I don't know. I'm guessing jail. If you threaten an illegal who's not even allowed to be in the country and say, I'm going to report you to to, 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 to ICE. I'm going to report you to the authorities. Then you're the ones guilty of the crime. Think about that. They're the ones who are really guilty of the crime. And you're the one who's actually doing the right thing by trying to keep the country safe, by trying to uphold and protect the Constitution, and you're the one who's going to get prosecuted in New York. I mean, a society has has lost all sense of right and wrong. All right, so we are excited, as always, to be hosted by the VIN News Podcast Network. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Josh M Show at T H E J O S H M S H O W. Follow us on Twitter at the Josh M Show. Joe Biden's poll numbers, President Biden's. Approval numbers just continue to plummet out of control. I mean, they are just plunging out of control, Biden's poll numbers. This is according to a news that we told you about Quinnipiac, which had Biden at 38 percent. And 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 by the way, that number, it's, it's not just about the number, but it's actually about the trajectory and the fact the trend that those the, the Biden numbers are just trending downward. And I can't figure out why. Because there are so many different options that I have no idea which one. I mean, is it COVID, the lockdown, which is still out of control? Is it inflation where people are paying insane, exorbitant, astronomical amounts of money for gas, for groceries, you know, for basic supplies, basic staples? Is it the border? Is it Afghanistan? But, but what's interesting is so according to the new Zogby poll, Biden's approval rating is at an abysmal 36.4 percent and it continues to tank. And what's interesting is – and the media is turning on Biden. So with the media turning on Biden, a lot of the stories that didn't used to get covered and people were not aware of are now – are now people actually are aware of them. People actually – even people who, let's say, watch NBC News to get their news or CNN or MSNBC or uh, read the New York Times, Washington Post – 
even those people, obviously it's only a drop in the bucket and the media is still very light on Biden, but there's still, there are certain negative stories which they're allowing through, which they simply, no matter how hard they try, cannot cover up. So uh, people who follow the mainstream media right now are discovering not just how bad Biden is because they're only getting just a tiny fraction, but even that tiny fraction is enough to lose faith in Biden. Not to mention, you know, he, his appearance and uh, you know the way he presents. Obviously, you know, he comes across in, in, just, in such a pitiful way that you know just a lot of people have zero faith right now in Joe Biden. He is losing women, and that's a very very big deal for a Democrat. He's losing Hispanics, also a very big deal for a Democrat, and. He's losing independent voters big time. There are actually polls out there that suggest that if the election were held today, um, Trump would actually beat Biden. Not that I believe that Biden's going to run again. Now, the poll revealed that Biden has lost the majority of Hispanic voters. Right now, 59% of Hispanic voters have a negative view of Biden versus 41% with a positive view. And independent, I mean, the overwhelming majority of independent voters now. Biden has lost 71% of independent. This is a disaster for any president. You cannot lose the majority of independent voters and still expect to win. So uh, the vast majority of independent voters, 71%, have a negative view of Biden versus only 24% positive by independent voters. And so we're going to keep an eye on these numbers, but it, it is not looking very good for Biden. All right, so Katie Couric. Katie Couric, of course, is a well-known interviewer, news person for the mainstream media. She works for NBC News for many years. She was on CBS News. She admitted, she put, she's putting out this book. It's getting a lot of people upset. And uh, she admitted in this book that she edited her interview with RBG, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, several years ago. I believe the interview happened in 2015. She Couric edited the interview to protect... RBG to protect Ginsburg over comments that she made against taking a knee. I mean, you literally cannot make this stuff up. And and, and she's she's covering up. She's trying to protect Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You hear her explanation in a minute. It's just completely outrageous. I mean, but uh, it's just, it's just unthinkable. But here's the thing: is you know, I love it how the media feels they need to protect. Democrats and Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a Democrat. I understand she's a Supreme Court justice, but we all know that she was a very leftist Supreme Court justice. And here you need Katie Couric to protect her from she made these sensible comments. She knew what she was doing. And look, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I mean, she was on the Supreme Court for years after this interview. Obviously, they believed that she was competent enough to remain on the court. So it's not like she was just making these comments and didn't understand what she was saying, but that's what Katie Couric would have you believe. Why? Because Katie Couric cannot accept the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would actually agree with Trump when it comes to taking a knee, when it comes to kneeling during the national anthem, when it comes to these athletes, these disgraceful athletes who have zero gratitude you know, to, to the entire country, to the United States of America that's given them all this opportunity and just want to literally demean and disgrace the flag and the national anthem. So Couric edited out these comments because – they were viewed as offensive that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would actually criticize athletes who take a knee during the anthem. So it's it's fake news. When we call it fake news, that's not hyperbole. It is fake news. They edit the news so that they can give us their version of it rather than the truth. It, that is the epitome of fake news. So Couric admitted it's a 2016 interview and Katie Couric in her new book, which hasn't been released yet, but they're like releasing a lot of these controversial snippets because they want, of course – get attention, so it sells a lot of books. So she wanted to bury um, Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg's true feelings about athletes who take a knee, as we said. Um, Ginsburg told Couric 
that athletes who kneel, listen to this quote, the actual quote that was covered up, hidden, and buried. Athletes who kneel during the anthem are showing, quote, contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. And at the time, Justice Ginsburg was 83 years old. So uh, here's what Justice Ginsburg said. And what she said makes perfect sense. And what she said, in fact, is so basic. I mean, it, it is so, so disgraceful. It is so, I mean, honestly, sickening <clears throat> that Ka- Colin Kaepernick and these uh, a- a- and these football players and these athletes decided that they have zero gratitude, zero recognition of the amazing opportunity they have to earn millions of dollars as athletes in the United States. I mean, go to China, go to Russia, go to North Korea and see how much money you make there for kicking around a ball, throwing around a ball. So uh, here's so Ginsburg said it very well. She said they have contempt for a government that made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. But that didn't make it. See, that sounds a lot like Trump. Yes, because Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it seems, actually was intellectually honest enough to admit that she agreed with Trump about something when it when 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 she felt it makes sense. I, I you know I, I agree with a lot of what Trump said, as you know. But uh, she actually saw the light when it came to this one issue. So here, according to the Daily Mail, here's why Why did Katie Couric, in her book, why did she um, admit that she edited this out? What was her explanation for literally cutting this out? Because she wanted to protect Ginsburg because the issue of racial justice was a blind spot for her. And she said that uh, she felt that the 83-year-old justice was elderly, probably did not fully understand the question. Have you ever heard anything more condescending? that you have the reporter asking the question of the Supreme Court justice. The Supreme Court justice gives a a very coherent answer, which she seems to fully understand the question. And yet Katie Couric says, well, she was elderly. She probably didn't fully understand the question. Well, then by that logic, by the way, what about Biden? Why Why do you ever quote Joe Biden? Because he doesn't seem to understand too many of the questions that he's asked. But seriously, why are you why are you interviewing her and reporting her answers? And then when it comes to the answer that you don't agree with, suddenly, oh, she doesn't fully understand the question. I would argue maybe that was the only question that Ginsburg did understand. I'm being facetious, obviously. But it's like so typical here how uh, on the one answer where the Supreme Court justice actually agrees with the Republicans and the conservatives because it's so incredibly basic how disgraceful it is to kneel during the anthem that even some liberals like Ginsburg understood it. But the media knows better. The media edits it out because, oh, she didn't understand. She clearly did not understand the question because if she understood the question, then she would understand that taking a knee is the honorable thing to do and you need to protest against Trump and Trump was such a bad president, etc. I mean, uh, it was 2016. I don't even know what, what, what month of 2016. So it could be that Trump at that point, you know, the, the kneeling actually started before Trump took office. I mean, obviously, it was already happening in 2016. The kneeling, maybe it was in response to Trump being a candidate. I don't know, but that's that's just not the same thing at all. So you're really outrageous stuff here. All right, let's move on to Iran. Uh, Iran right now is frightfully close to having a nuclear weapon, to being in possession of a nuclear bomb. I mean, and, and this is not hyperbole at all. And I don't trust Biden for a for a moment. I don't trust Biden for a heartbeat here. Uh, to prevent Iran from developing a nuclear weapon. I mean, look at the Obama nuclear deal. I mean, that was Obama-Biden. And whoever's running the show now, it's certainly not Biden, but whoever it is, you know, they, they have no interest whatsoever in trying to rein in Iran and trying to cripple Iran the way Trump did. In fact, they're doing the exact opposite. They are empowering Iran. So meanwhile, Robert Malley, but I want you to hear this quote, because Robert Malley, U.S. envoy to Iran, he said during a televised interview, he said that we need to prepare for a world where Iran does not have constraints on its nuclear program. And 
This is frightening on a number of levels. It's frightening because they're like resigned to the fact that, all right, you know what? Iran's going to develop a nuclear weapon. Now we'll just, we're going to have to just accept that and deal with it. That's the new norm. That's the new reality. That, that's the narrative here by this Robert Malley. You can see it in the comments, in the quote where he's basically saying, listen, folks, shrugging, you know, putting up his arms, putting up his, shrugging his shoulders saying, well, uh, Iran seems to be on the verge of developing a nuclear weapon. Oh, well, let's go to plan B. No, 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 no. There's no plan B here. You've got to prevent them from developing a nuke, but that's not what he's saying. So the, these comments, they're supposed to be illustrated. And I'll explain to you why he's making these comments, but I don't care. I'll explain the strategy, but I don't care about the strategy. It has to do with the Iranian, these talks where they're trying to resume the Obama, bogus Obama nuclear deal. But the problem is, that this is very much the wrong attitude. This is a dangerous attitude here when you have the Biden administration saying, listen, guys, we got to be prepared. Iran's going to have a nuke any day now. Nothing we can do. It's Trump's fault. Blame Trump. So the comments were meant to illustrate how that, that very little progress has been made in negotiations. They've had like six meetings so far, the Biden people and the Iranians and or representatives of Iran or whatever and through the Europeans or whoever's representing Iran in these talks and uh, trying to restore the nuclear deal. And so far, they've gotten nowhere. Well, isn't that a shock that they've gotten nowhere? I could have told you they'd get nowhere because what's happening here is Iran, they sense Biden's weakness. They know that Biden is extremely weak, extremely powerless, doesn't even know what's going on. Whoever's running the show is very, very pitifully weak. So Iran, they're playing Biden like a fiddle. I mean, literally, they are playing Biden. They're toying with Biden. And uh, what they're doing is they're putting all sorts of pressure and saying, sorry, we're not going to budge. We're not going to budge. Trying to get Biden to make as many concessions as possible and alleviate as many sanctions as possible. Here's the thing. We don't need to prepare for a nuclear Iran. We need to cripple Iran. We need to get rid of Iran if need be, the the current Iranian regime. We need to impose even more sanctions. We need to be tougher than ever. That's what you need to do. You need to do this the Trump way. You need to do this the Israeli way, not the Robert Malley, Joe Biden way, which is roll over and cave in and say, all right, listen, guys, we tried. We had talks. We had all sorts of negotiations. Sorry, Iran won't budge. They're just months away from a nuclear weapon. So this is in a TV interview, and Malley said that the U.S., Um, He said, quote, we have to prepare for a world where Iran does not have constraints on its nuclear program. We have to consider options for dealing with that, which is what we're doing, even as we hope that we can get back to the deal. Iran is giving us its answer by what it's doing and not doing every day. And Mali, end quote. And Mali also said that the U.S. is prepared to eliminate all sanctions that were imposed by Trump. Do you hear that? Mali is saying we're prepared to eliminate all sanctions. You have, we'll do whatever. They're begging. Literally, Iran has. This is the difference between Trump and Biden. Is that you know Trump? He assassinated Qasem Soleimani, which which was devastating to Iran. Trump imposed all sorts of sanctions. He pulled out of the nuclear deal, but he still continued to enforce it as much as possible, despite pulling out. Because bottom line, the Europeans are still a party to the deal, so the deal is still intact. And uh, and, and Trump imposed all sorts of sanctions when, when, when in response to Iran breaching the deal. And uh, and what did that do? He, he crushed Iran's economy big time. And, uh, you know, Iran, they were reeling. There were all sorts of protests uh, in, in Iran against the regime because the, the, their economy was in such terrible uh, shape, thanks to Trump. And what does Biden do? Biden, please, Iran, please, Iran, uh, we're begging you, pretty please, get back to the deal. Well, we refuse to get back to the deal. We want to keep enriching uranium to a higher degree. We want to keep breaking the deal. No, pretty please, pretty, pretty please, we beg you, we'll get down on hands and, and knees and uh, and what's Iran doing? Sorry, no, we're, we're actually really close to developing a nuclear weapon. Now, so uh, it, it's just 
it's just amazing to see the contrast here. And uh, and Iran still won't play ball. I mean, dis- despite the fact that Mali's saying, listen, we'll eliminate all sanctions that were imposed by Trump. And Iran is saying, ah, still not enough. We want more. So now what's what's Mali doing? Because he looks so pathetic here that in these talks with Iran, can't get Iran to budge, that now they're blaming Trump and saying, listen, it's not our fault. If Trump hadn't pulled out of the nuclear deal, everything would be fine, which is not true, by the way, because Iran was already breaching the nuclear deal, not to mention the fact that that nuclear deal was a really bad deal because it did not enforce so many basic things. I mean, it didn't enforce, it didn't prevent Iran from having all sorts of centrifuges ready to go. It did not prevent Iran from having long-range intercontinental ballistic missiles that are nuclear capable. So they literally have all the ingredients, that deal, that, that Obama nuclear deal had all the ingredients in place so that Iran could literally have uh, very, very, uh, very dangerous nuclear weapons within a matter of months. So now let me be clear. I believe that Biden, that they are going to eventually restore the nuclear deal. Here's what I think is happening. I think that Mali and Iran, wink, wink, Iran wants to leverage as much as possible, get Biden to cave in as much as possible. They want all sorts of concessions out of Biden. Iran wants a much better position in the nuclear deal when it's restored uh, than it was back the original deal. So that's what I think is going on. I think eventually they are going to resume the nuclear deal. Now, I, I may be wrong about this because you have a much more hardline president now, regime in Iran. So it could be that they're just going to say, you know what, we're fine the way things are. We don't care because, you know, they might not be afraid of Biden giving them any sorts of consequences anyway. But I don't think so. I think that Iran is afraid of Israel. Israel has, you know, carried out all sorts of very, very damaging explosions in, in Iran's nuclear facilities. So the Iranians know that the Israelis, at the end of the day, no matter how hard they try, the Israelis are going to keep thwarting their nuclear ambitions. So I think eventually they are going to resume the deal. But what's happening is Biden, they want to make major concessions to Iran. They want to cave into Iran. So they're making it seem as, oh, you know what, guys? We have to prepare. The Iranians, they refuse to come to the table. They refuse to come back to the deal. So we're just going to have to prepare for a nuclear Iran. I mean, there's no other choice here. We're going to have to. And then it's like, well, you know what? Actually, Iran is willing to come back to the table, but we have to make 8 trillion different concessions. Oh, but it's still better than Iran being a nuclear power. But, you know, like I said, what really troubles me here is like, you, you, the, um, the 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 envoy to Iran for Biden should not be getting up and saying, "Listen, guys, we're going to just have to." Oh well, Trump uh, uh, Trump allowed Iran to breach the nuclear deal. Now they're close to a nuclear weapon. Well, what can we do? We're just going to have to accept that new reality. No, 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 no. You need to cripple Iran the way Trump did. I mean, it's not like well, you're just something that you accept. And uh, as I said, Israel they've been single handedly doing the world's dirty work for them because. You have all these mystery explosions and fires uh, and also and, and cyber attacks. You have cyber sabotage against Iran's nuclear facilities. We all know who, who's been behind those. We all know that that's been Israel. So like Israel, they're getting no help. I mean, here you have the Europeans. You have so many countries in the Middle East, in Asia, in Europe that are, you know, that, 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 that are in such danger. If Iran develops nuclear weapons, and not to mention the Saudis, this, you have the Saudis and the UAE and Qatar, all these countries have been, uh, and Bahrain, all these countries have been basically forming an alliance with Israel because of Iran, because Obama strengthened Iran so much and, and helped build up Iran and made Iran such a dangerous nuclear threat. 
that Iran's neighbors, the, in, the, in talking about the Gulf Arab states like like the Saudis and, and, and the Emirates, they are the ones who are in the biggest danger. So they're the ones who understand how important it is to help support Israel when Israel sabotages the Iranian nuclear facility. But it's like Israel doesn't even get a thank you, and uh, you know they don't get any help or any support whatsoever. They constantly be, get condemned by the UN for all sorts of quote-unquote human rights violations. I mean, they have Ben and Jerry's boycotting them, I mean, because everyone really cares about what Ben and Jerry thinks, what Ben and Jerry think. Uh, so that's the update on Iran. Meanwhile, Iran, as I said, it, it, according to reports, much closer to a nuclear bomb than they've ever been before. According to U.S. think, think tank, Iran is now enriching uranium up to 60%. I believe it's about 90% uh, enrichment, 90% purity for a uh, – in order to have a nuclear bomb. In order to actually have a nuclear bomb, you need the uranium to be enriched up to a 90% purity level, they're already up to 60%, which is way, way, way too close for comfort. It's horrific. We'll keep an eye on that. As we said, a top administrator in a South Lake, Texas school district, a, a top school official, a top administrator, last week told teachers that if they have a book about the Holocaust in their classroom, then they need to also offer a book that has an opposing perspective. This is so egregious. This is so disgraceful. Uh, a top school official in South Lake, Texas, Gina Petty, she told teachers, listen, if you have a book that teaches about the Holocaust, then you also need to have a book that offers an opposing perspective. This is in, actually in a recording. This recording was, was uh, obtained and played by NBC News. So uh, Gina Petty is the Carroll School District's Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction. I mean, this is frightening that she that she is actually still in power, that she's actually still in her position right now. This was during a training session, talking to teachers about which books they can have in the classroom library, and uh, a, a staff member secretly recorded the training and then shared the audio with NBC News. So you have Gina Petty. She says, quote, just try to remember the concepts of House Bill 3979. I'm interjecting here. I'm going to explain House Bill 3979, it's a Texas state bill, it's Texas state law. But um, she said, try to remember the concepts of Bill 3979. Make sure that if you have a book on the Holocaust, you have one that has an opposing other perspective, that has other perspectives. So one teacher said in response, said, quote, how do you oppose the Holocaust? And Gina Petty said, believe me, that's come up. So basically like... Yeah, you know, we, we have – don't worry. You can oppose the Holocaust if you need to oppose the Holocaust. They have this school district where they're telling teachers that they should that they should teach kids about Holocaust denial. I mean, you know, as though there even is such a thing. Again, when I say the words Holocaust denial, Holocaust deniers are pure evil incarnate. They are just monsters. They are subhuman. I, there are no strong enough words that I can say to describe Holocaust deniers. We're talking about the Iranians are Holocaust deniers, the worst – most vile, vicious, evil anti-Semites on the planet are Holocaust deniers, obviously. And this goes without saying. I just I just want to cover myself here and make sure that I'm very clear. So you have this, this teacher, this school official, I should say, this administrator, telling teachers that they should present the viewpoint of the Holocaust deniers. So this, let me explain. House Bill 3979 in Texas, it's a new Texas law that requires teachers to present multiple perspectives when they discuss widely debated and controversial Issues. So essentially, and let me explain. This was actually a Republican bill, and this is probably a good bill. You have this school official who is clearly misconstruing the bill and clearly doing very, very bad things with the bill, using the bill as a cover to present Holocaust denial. But um, 
And there has been an apology by a school superintendent, school district superintendent, as we're going to get to in a moment. But the point is that the Republicans, what happens is, um, you know, they're presenting views about racism. What happens is you, you have all sorts of things going on with critical race theory and everything else. So you have these public school systems where they're basically ta- teaching the kids you know, that uh, there's all sorts of racist things going on in the country and basically accusing a lot of good people of racism, right? That, that's what ha- what's happening in a lot of these schools. So they passed this bill basically to ensure that you get both sides. So if you're going to accuse people of racism, then you also have to defend them and show the other side, which is why they're not racist. You know, if you're going to accuse Trump of being a racist in class, then you have to show the opposing viewpoint, which is that Trump is not a racist. I'm just giving you the example, which Trump is not, by the way. But um, so that's the idea of this bill is that it's trying to prevent basically racism for, you know, people, teachers from using you know, their position to teach kids that basically Republicans are racist, that kind of thing. And, and right wing conservatives are racist. So, uh, but what they're saying is this, 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 this school official, this Gina Petty is saying, well, you know, you have to, when you talk about a controversial issue, then you need to present both sides. So, you, so make sure if you present the Holocaust, you need to present opposing view. The Holocaust is not a controversial, it's a fact. It is, it is a fact. Obviously, it is something which nobody reasonable denies. The only people who deny it are evil anti-Semites, and uh, I don't believe for a second that they actually deny it. They're just claiming to because they're anti-Semites, but of course they know the truth just as well as anybody else. So, uh, you know, she's using this to, 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 to as, a, as a way, as a means of preventing Holocaust denial. I mean, uh, it's, it's reprehensible. So meanwhile, a, a superintendent apologized to the district because obviously there's been a lot of backlash, a lot of outrage. Um, state lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, condemned the implication that there's an opposing viewpoint. But as I said, Gina Petty so far has not faced any disciplinary action for her comments and has not been fired. But Lane Ledbetter, superintendent of South Lake's Carroll Independent School District, said that the comments were in no way meant to convey that the Holocaust was anything less than a terrible event in history. We, rec- we recognize there are not two sides of the Holocaust. As a district, we will work to add clarity to our expectations for teachers. Once again, apologize for any hurt or confusion this has caused. Well, are you going to fire Gina Petty is my question because she obviously you know, believes that there are two sides. Um, so Governor Greg Abbott in Texas signed the bill into law in June. It, the, it's an effort to ban curriculums which highlight systemic racism. And uh, a lot of people in the South Lake community were not satisfied with the apology. A local South Lake organization, I believe it's called South Lake Together, put out a tweet saying, quote, this apology is not enough. The explanation is not enough. The promise to be better is not enough. Enough is enough. While it is good to see the superintendent issue this clarification and make clear there is no opposing view to the Holocaust, we will still, we are still troubled that the implementation of uh, House Bill 3979 led to these dangerous instructions. All right, Andrew McCabe. Remember Andrew McCabe, the former deputy director of the FBI? Well, his full pension has been restored by the DOJ, by Merrick Garland and the, and the, the, the Biden DOJ have restored McCabe's full pension, reinstated his full pension. And this is so, so disturbing, so egregious. Remember, Andrew McCabe lied to federal investigators uh, about information that he leaked to the media regarding the Hillary Clinton email server investigation. And, and Andrew McCabe, this is not even a partisan issue. You had you had people in the middle, people who were not right wing at all. Remember the IG? Remember Michael Horowitz, the, the, the inspector general? He referred Andrew McCabe. He's pretty down the middle. He's pretty independent. There's no uh, indication whatsoever that that IG 
uh, Horowitz w- w- was any sort of right wing and any sort of right wing slant. But he, but he referred Andrew McCabe for indictment. He referred Andrew McCabe for indictment, for criminal indictment. Never happened, of course, because Andrew McCabe, he's on Hillary's side. He's a Democrat. So, of course, he's never going to get indicted. But, the, but he was referred to for criminal indictment because he lied to federal investigators. And Jeff Sessions, again, Jeff Sessions was not a supporter of Trump at all. Yet Jeff Sessions, he was the one at the time. He was the attorney general at the time. On McCabe's second to last day before he retired, Jeff Sessions ripped away his pension and said, you're fired. You don't, you're not entitled to a pension because you lied to federal investigators and you, 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 you covered up this false information um, in related to leaks that happened during the Hillary investigation. And by the way, Andrew McCabe was incredibly corrupt. I mean, Andrew McCabe, his wife, he was, he was leading the Hillary investigation. Remember the email servers? How could we forget? And Andrew McCabe, his wife, was running – for I believe governor of Virginia uh, or, or or something like that, some some high office in 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 Virginia, and uh, he received hundreds of thousands of dollars from Hillary, campaign donations from Hillary's fund, uh, and, and, and talk about a conflict of interest. He was the one who was actually running, leading the investigation into Hillary. Not to mention he entrapped Michael Flynn. He was behind Spygate. I mean, so I mean Andrew McCabe. Really, really bad guy, incredibly corrupt, targeted Trump with Spygate and the Steele dossier and everything else. And yet Andrew McCabe uh, and referred to a criminal indictment for a totally separate re- issue and sabotaged Trump numerous times, by the way. And uh, and now he's got, now he, as a part of a part of a legal settlement, he's getting his pension. He's getting his full pension and all of his benefits. It's just it's just a spick. It's just a disgraceful. Um so as I said, he was fired by Jeff Sessions, and Jeff Sessions was no Trump supporter. Jeff Sessions did it because it was the right thing to do. Um, President Trump issued a statement about this saying, quote, Isn't it terrible that all of Andrew McCabe's benefits, pensions, salary, etc. were fully reinstated by justice? This is yet another mockery to our country. Among other things, McCabe's wife received hundreds of thousands in campaign contributions from Hillary and the Democrats, while crooked Hillary was under investigation, which was quickly dropped, of course. What a bad chapter this has been for the once-storied FBI. I hate to see it happening. So many great people work there. Um, as I said, McCabe was never charged for his crimes. This was part of a settlement for a lawsuit. McCabe sued the DOJ for wrongful firing. They settled the case. They gave McCabe his full retirement benefits, and he's going to get his missed pensions over these last couple of years, which was about $200,000, and the government will pay McCabe's uh, attorney fees, which equal about half a million dollars. And Christopher Steele is breaking his silence. That is happening today, Monday. The, Of course, the infamous author of the discredited, debunked Steele dossier being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos on ABC News. It's already been recorded, and uh, they are airing it today, Monday. It is Christopher Steele's first televised interview, so you know it's going to be a doozy. Steele was the British spy, worked for MI6, and he was hired by... Hillary Clinton to dig up dirt on Trump, dig up dirt or actually fabricate dirt because there was no dirt on Trump. So Christopher Steele wrote a fake bogus dossier. Dossier, You know, they call it a dossier. Why do they call it a dossier? Rush Limbaugh once made this point. They call it a dossier to make it sound scandalous. Dossier, it's just a report. It's just a paper. It's, it's, it, 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 there's nothing special about a dossier except that, you know, it makes it sound like Trump did all sorts of horrible things, that Trump is guilty of collusion. So remember, this fake dossier had all sorts of fake, made-up, fabricated dirt on Trump. It prompted Spygate. It prompted the two-year 
Mueller hoax investigation, the witch hunt, then the whole thing was made up. And the media knew that it was made up. And yet the media spent two and a half to three years accusing Trump of Russia collusion, even though we knew right away that this dossier was made up. So this man, I'm curious how Stephanopoulos is going to handle this. I mean, Christopher Steele is a, is a fraud, and uh, you know I'm betting that Stephanopoulos is going to go very easy on him. Not going to be nearly as tough on him as he could, but uh, you know I'm curious to see what Christopher Steele will say. And uh, he, you know, you know he's going to try to defend his own integrity. He's going to try to defend the dossier, I would think. And uh, is Stephanopoulos going to let him get away with it? All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.